This is One in 54, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. One in 54 is a weekly show devoted to topics related to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to One in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And today I am speaking with Andrew Arbo, who is the Autism Transition Coordinator uh, for a, a company called Planning Across the Spectrum. Good morning, Andrew. Uh, good morning. I'm very nice to meet you on virtual space. I mean, <laughs> yes, exactly. We've been doing this for a while, and I wish that uh, we could have you in the in the studio. But because of the hmm. pandemic, obviously, we have to figure oh, yeah. out creative ways to do to do a podcast. Oh, I would love to drive over there. It'd be like a good hour and a half. Um, I almost I almost considered because I know the Anderson Center from the ASRC uh, Autism Services and Resources Connecticut. Like, there's always a table for the Anderson Center, and I've enjoy chatting with a couple of the people there and oh, I, almost want, I almost wanted to do a collaboration at some point right before COVID 19 hit and i was seriously considering on my random random off days just drive over to newark for no reason and just say hi to the anderson center but maybe in the future maybe in the future <laughs> I, yeah i think we we love having visitors and uh and after this you know we can stay in touch and when we're open um, oh, yeah. <laughs> for that kind of tour again then we'd love to have you but we that's cool and you probably at the assrc um probably connected with some of my colleagues um who, who run those booths so um <laughs> so so just to give some context for our listeners, I recently interviewed one of your colleagues, also named Andrew, um, from Planning Across the Spectrum, and we had a good conversation about what your company offers in terms of services and support. But um, I was really flattered and, and pleased that you kind of heard that and, and wanted to come on and talk about what you do there. So um, so why don't you start, Andrew, by telling us, I, Autism Transition Coordinator is a title that means different things in different places. What do you do at Planning Across the Spectrum? Just describe it. A lot of different tasks. Like it isn't just one Pacific. Mm-hmm. Like, like um, one of the main things, one of the two, I guess two of the three major things I do for my company is I work on the Planning Across the Spectrum's uh, National Autism Calendar. It's a free to use calendar. You can access this on the website, planningacrossthespectrum.com. It lists all the possible like events going around the entire country. And I keep it really, keep it really updated. And it has like over a hundred feeds where it could go, it automatically adds events to anywhere in all 50 states. Still trying to reach a couple other states, but I keep it really meaty and I include the Anderson Center events. We appreciate that. I checked out your calendar. I didn't realize that that was something that you maintained. It has a lot of information yeah, in there. Yeah, I'm responsible for it. Um, I've been working on it a little less. Uh, well, not really less, but kind of more. I have to kind of work around that and balance it with my other tasks because it's not just a calendar. I also reach out to to multiple autism organizations or other like organizations that also help the autism community. I have that touch with the networking do yes i can i can see that already just by your smile and and you like to talk and you like to you like people obviously so so part of planning across the spectrum does um is some financial support financial planning but also it sounds like you are mainly responsible for um some of the resources because uh right a lot of families and individuals on the autism spectrum 
are in need of like a, a better understanding of what resources are out there and how to access them. Would that, does that sound about right? Uh, pretty much. Um, the reason um, Andrew Comeru, the founder of Plan Across the Spectrum, he hired me because I keep sharing stuff. And he always says it like this when he does other podcasts, like, like pretty much, pretty much he took me, it took me three times to finally accept yes. And he hired me part time a year ago. Congratulations. And when I was doing more and more, um, I was eventually got into full, eventually was hired for more uh, full time work. Along with my other organization I work with, uh, driving school in Connecticut called The Next Street. All right. So I want to talk about that as well. But let's, we're going to hold off on the driving school for a minute. Okay. <laughs> let's stick with planning across the spectrum. So what, okay. are, what do you, um, is there something that in particular you love about what you do there? Like what makes that you the happiest when you're um, in terms of the different tasks that you have? Um, probably before COVID-19 hit, I always enjoyed the, the in-person workshops and the resource fairs because yeah. I enjoyed chatting with, I enjoy driving with people. Uh, it's not totally because I'd be driving to all around in Connecticut. Like I've done, and I've done in-person resource fairs. Like I drove to Norwalk. Like I dealt with Route 15, which can be Route 515, which can be interesting in terms of traffic. Yeah. It's a pretend highway. Like it's a, it, like they forced it to be a highway, but it's clearly not a highway. And it just has like the worst possible entrance and exit ramps possible. And so it's such you, a pain to go to, but I enjoy it for the driving bit. And again, just chatting with families, kind of talk about, yeah, kind of learn about their stories. And they'd be like, hey, we're a resource. And it's not just resource. And there's stuff out there for adults. Like I keep finding, especially with me being an autistic adult, that like, resources are technically there, but it's very hard to get. You have to really search for it quite hard. I keep running into that and I keep discovering new new resources at other parts in the country as well. That's that's awesome. That was actually uh, one of the things that I started out when I, I, I've been at Anderson for about 13 years or 14 years. And one of my first jobs there was very similar to what you do, was helping people figure out where to go to find resources in their area because I agree with you, they're there, but still they're hard to find. You have to have a knack for, for or, or the time and the patience to really look. So it's wonderful that you're doing that um, and, and helping so many people. I have a question for you. Um, you said one of your favorite things is the in-person workshops and the resource fairs. And um, so, you know, you probably know that there's an idea out there in the world that some people have, um, which is that people with autism don't really like to interact with or talk oh. with other people. <laughs> I, well, I'm going to put you on the spot because I think it's always important um, to make sure that people know that that's, that's not necessarily the truth, is it? <laughs> I say it like this because autism is really no, no collective. Like, mm -hmm. every, like, there are some areas, just to point that out there, like we all like different. Like um, every autistic is pretty different. We do have similarities. Yes. Uh, just to put that out there. But I keep finding that there's always there's always that one person or so that just ends up being completely different. Myself being the most prime example. Like I originally wanted to be in cooking, but that didn't go anywhere. I also wanted to make video games, but I didn't have the computer skills to top mm -hmm. that. So, but, so yeah, go ahead. And I decided to, and I decided to, and I wanted to do something community wise. I can 
like I wanted, I was like desperate because the crypt sucks. I have a lot of other choice words I can say, but that would be for another uh, midnight special. <laughs> so I can really go out, but uh, the crypt, the uh, transition from the dollhood, yeah, not fun, not fun at all. And I'm still, I'm still feeling the waves from that, even after five years, five mm-hmm. or so, five or six years of, of after going through that. Okay. And I so- Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I've heard I've heard people refer to it as the cliff also, where it just feels like you're surrounded by support and you've got what you need and all of a sudden there's nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Again, I thought about ways to kind of counter that and I decided to go I, – I, I went to Manchester Community College in Connecticut and went for their disability specialist degree mm-hmm. and I decided to go after that. I wanted to see if maybe I can do something out of that. And also I realized I was kind of crazy because it involves social interactions. And later it turned out that I actually was developing quite a knock for that. Yeah. Uh, at first, at first it felt kind of warning. I was like, I have no one to talk to about that. And then I found out there was a bunch of other artistics that also excel in the, in the accuracy realm and the socialization realm. Like you have no soul speakers like Stephen, uh, Stephen Show, who does mm-hmm. any sort of autism event, even in other countries. And you have like so many others. Another person I know that's actually does a lot of work for Planet Cross as well. And hopefully I'm not butchering her name. Um, Becca Hecka. Mm-hmm. Okay. I apologize if she's listening to this. Well, <laughs> but she's amazing. She, I, like her, um, like, yeah, but her autism like work, workshops, uh, like the self-defined self, like I've attended two of them and it, they're amazing. So like there's different really distant issues for a lot of people to go into. Yeah, like I think really, that I think that is it's a wonderful when black and white. That's a that's a really wonderfully positive um, perspective to shed and to share for for people who are listening to this podcast because, as you know, um, I, well, hopefully you agree with me that you can't talk about it enough. You know, when there's something, when there's a myth out there that's just wrong or it's putting everybody in one box instead of recognizing that everybody is an individual and everybody is a mm-hmm. different person. I think it's important to keep talking about it and talking about it and talking about it and giving people examples and challenging the way um, some people think. So I, I really appreciate your telling your story and also um, just, you know, your honesty about what it felt like to, to go from being um, a student in a school setting to an adult. Um, but bravo to you and congratulations for finding things that are making you happy. Um, and, and also that are community minded, like you said, and are helping other families and other individuals. It's, it's fantastic. Um, okay. So Andrew, I told you sometimes this goes by real quick. So we're going to, we're going to uh, take a quick break. Um, but when we come back, I would like to talk about driving. I can yep. just tell that it's something that you're passionate about and, you know, some people love driving, some people hate it. Um, seems like you love it, but it also sounds like it's you've done something with it that helps other people on the autism spectrum get comfortable um, getting on the road. So, um, so I want to hear all about that and the driving school in Connecticut when we come back. This is 1 in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and we'll be right back. In this time of unprecedented challenges, we've seen kindness and resilience light the way. Countless heroes are making courageous sacrifices for the greater good, and the team at Anderson Center for Autism are among those heroes. With tireless dedication and unwavering compassion, they're giving everything they've got to protect the health and well-being of people with special needs. On behalf of the Anderson family, they extend their heartfelt thanks. You are true humanitarians. Thank you for inspiring us every day and for all you're doing to light the way. 
alone, our reach is limited. No matter how great our intentions, on our own, we can only stretch so far. But at Rotary, we believe the right group of people working together can make our communities, our world, a better place. Rotary is a worldwide network of community volunteers dedicated to helping people in need. Learn more at rotary.org. Rotary. Humanity in Motion. Welcome back to 1 in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and I'm speaking today with Andrew Arbo, who is the Autism Transition Coordinator at Planning Across the Spectrum. And Andrew, uh, in the first part of the show, you shared with us your responsibilities um, and kind of your story about how you got involved with Planning Across the Spectrum. Um, We just also, uh, thankfully, had an opportunity to bust a a bit of a myth that's out there um, about the autism community um, around social interests and uh, the ability to and and the and the passion with which you um, interact with people and do community minded work and and are helping to build a resource, um, I guess, sort of uh, directory of of, in a way and, and calendars. Um, so that people know what's out there and how to access those resources. But there's another thing that you do. And um, this one intrigued me. I'd like you to talk about um, how you got into uh, working with the driving school. And I'd love for you to also talk about if you have any stories of why is driving is one of those rites of passage for most young adults, right? They get their license. Uh, it's It's a new sense of independence. But when you're living on the autism spectrum, um, are there other challenges that you um, that you feel are important for you to address directly? Um, so, however you want to start talking about driving, Andrew is fine by me. Yeah, good way. And first, I'm going to mention the context of how this all happened. Yes. I'll try to do this uh, show the, the summary version. I could probably go on for three minutes about this topic. <laughs> But basically, it's all based on just my journey of finding a good transportation. I mentioned during part one that I went to Manchester Community College for my associate's degree. Uh, during the halfway to like the end part, I was based, I was kind of realizing that I needed to learn how to drive. Mm-hmm. And I quickly, quickly discovered, and I went to several autism uh, workshops and conferences in Connecticut around 2017 to 2018. It's one of those topics that isn't really discussed, at least the driving stuff, um, all the like the public transport and the uh, other like paratransit and all the other transportation options were discussed, but not exactly too much of driving. So that was one thing that was going against me. And also, and also, and also with the um, internal feelings on my end, because of all resources and I was very shy. I was also really shy. And I saw that came also from my, from my dad. I love him. Like, I love him just putting it out there. Uh, he was really nervous about me, the idea of me driving and the whole paying attention since autism affects executive functioning, which also is very important for driving. It deals with all the judgment, all the judgment moves, like like rain changing in, a, in major roads or highway driving and reading signs for a couple of distance, couple of like distance, like it deals with all the judgment like decisions, those split second decisions. All right. So let me stop you there just for a second. So we covered, obviously, you've got um, loved ones who care about you and and the safety aspects that was impacting Mm -hmm. you. I want to just draw attention to one thing that you said that I think is worth repeating for sure. Um, 
I can imagine that time when, when you're, you're, you're listening to all the options that are provided, right, about, you know, transportation, mm-hmm. and there's public transportation, and it's making me think, at Anderson, we talk about that, too, um, in, in our adult mm-hmm. program, it's, it's a great um, sort of milestone of independence to, to when somebody learns how to, to get, you know, use public transportation to get to them where they're going, but I, I, it's very important that you pointed out that never along the way did you hear anybody talking about actually driving oneself. So, um, so take us through what you did next. How did you, you know, what did you decide to do um, about the fact that you wanted to learn to drive? Um, and I'm assuming you found out that a lot of other people do too. I um, basically, again, I'm gonna try to do the short definition as as possible, but a summary as possible. But after a while, um, I did a lot of parking lot uh, practice with my dad, and during that, I also went to the next street for driving practice this is before they d- didn't have an autism moment autism program i actually went in there without really diagnosing i could have i decided not to pop and also and i also could have done a, a evaluation as well which i also could have done but i didn't mm-hmm. i'm a type of person i tend to make things harder for myself okay especially um i just go through it no matter what like i prefer not to have anything stop me so i've so uh, in the next street, even even before the program existed, like their instructors were really patient, and I kind of well, become a bit more relaxed, but still kind of cautious. And after I did all this going, I did all the education and the, the world lessons I was able to get through them. I still took some time to get some more practice for my dad, and I got and I got lucky with I got lucky with practice because I ended up working for a few other. Uh, autism places in Connecticut, and one happened to be 30 minutes from my area by Walker World. So that became like one of the most perfect ways to do travel because you go through all these back worlds and you have these stop signs. You have these, you, there's an auction where I could do like a left turn, which can also share a lot of troubles. And you have to kind of be really specific of how you do it. Because if you do it at a good time where there's not too many cars going through, you're fine. And if you try to do it when it's too busy, you have to be really careful because things can happen. <laughs> But yeah, so being able to have, and I found out that for driving, there needs to like a motivation needs to exist, like a reason. I can't say it like this because I also do a lot of driving consulting uh, currently. Like if there's yeah, a motivation. Talk to us about, right, talk to us about the consultation that you do and how you help um, other people th- based on your experience. Because now you're a driver. You're talking to me about driving on highways and driving to the resource fairs. So mm-hmm. how have you brought that experience to impact um the independence and the lives of other people. Oh, yeah. Um, for my current work, I'm currently involved at the Next Street with their autism program. Um, it should be up and going next year, and I'm very excited to bring it up. <clears throat> and my consulting, it's all either on Zoom. I also can do other formats. I had a, one or two that, dis- that decided to do phone and Google Meets at any point, but mostly Zoom. I pretty much go over them, each one take an intake form, and I just share personal experiences as I listen to the story. And I like, I, I really enjoy families that have not just themselves, but the, uh, but the autistic industry come and speak as well, which doesn't always happen because they might be busy with something or could be like busy with work or something else will come up or, oh, they just need time to chill because I totally get it. Like if you need to kind of chill and play some video games, um, I could understand, like I could be like that <laughs> if, if I was in their shoes. But I would like to have both because it gives me enough perspectives to work with. And if I get one perspective, it isn't like the entire perspective. So I prefer to have both of them up, but I can totally understand if it's just the parent. 
and I'm not speaking ill against parents at, at all, but sometimes they may over talk and I may have to be a bit more prescriptive and might have to put their, put their autistic and their digital, their teen or young adult right on the spot so I could kind of get more information from them. You know, that's what Andrew, the other Andrew said um, from Planning Across the Spectrum when I interviewed him. He was saying the same thing when he does consultations that he always, so it sounds like that's something that's part of um, both of your general approaches to working with people is that you try to involve the individual with autism as well as their caregivers, their parents, um, other family members. And I think that that's, I, I agree with you. I think it's, it's an ideal situation when you can have that. So we only have a couple more minutes, Andrew, in our, in our, uh, in our interview today. Um, it, it goes by fast, but you've shared a lot of uh, great information. Um, let's do this. If, if, uh, if there's somebody listening out there who wants either to talk to you themselves or to have a loved one talk to you and connect with you specifically about driving or about your other experiences or about even the, um, the types of resources that you know of that are out there that they might need. What's the best way to reach you? How do you want, how do you want people to know to get in touch with you? I, um, I have an email that's like um, obble, A-R-B-O-E-A at planacrossthespectrum.com. That's pretty much email address and it's the best way to contact me. Because when you email me, when I respond back, uh, my, my email signature has a driving consulting link that they can go on to and they can just automatically schedule it and I get a notification. That's great. And, and you did mention that the Next Street Driving School is going to have an autism program, a specific autism program starting next year? Yeah, hopefully at the beginning of next year. And what started this? I was going to go over that a bit earlier. There's so much to talk about. I wish yeah, I know. I know. Longer. We only have about two more minutes. But- Oh, okay, I'm going to make this very quick. But basically, after getting my license, I created a PowerPoint presentation on my experiences because I wanted there to be something. I originally was intended to be for more schools. I was mm-hmm. able to get my chance and doing the presentation, an in-person presentation a year ago with the Connecticut Family Support Network. And I had like three driving organizations there as I was doing it. And one of them just happened to be the next street. Mm-hmm. And I also knew, and they recently start, they, they started uh, rehab services a year ago, so they were on my pay attention to list. And after I did my initial first in-person presentation, it kind of went from there. And, it's, and it was because of me that I started a partnership between the next street and Plan Across the Spectrum. And I became indirectly responsible for creating the autism program. And I'm actually going to be meeting with my other employer in a little bit after this does it kind of go over the next steps so i'm kind of really excited and it just really just shows the power just of the human condition just be able to start stuff up and i'm actually glad that it's done this way when otherwise because connecticut can be really weird with autism services so well congratulations I, I'm, oh, I'm just going to say that i think that you're more than just a little bit connected to the development of that it sounds like you're directly connected to the development of the autism program and and honestly i've been in this field for a long time it's, uh, it's one of the first times I've heard about something like this, and, and I agree with you. It, it's the power of the human conditions, the power of human connections, and it's also the power of people like you who not only you know, have sort of pursued your dreams and your passions and your goals, but also recognize that you can use that to help other people who may not know how to get started. And I think that is one of the most beautiful important, impactful things that we as human beings can do. So Andrew, congratulations and thank you for what you're doing. It's great. I'm sure it's having a huge impact on a lot of people. Thank you so much. And 
again, you can contact me by my email, um, aboa at planningacrossspectrum.com. And I also do monthly workshops over with Project Cassie and Connecticut. Such a Project Cassie and Meetup page. And I could also I can send some links through the interesting centers and and I also do a lot of blog posts on the Planning Across the Spectrum website. Wonderful. So check out planningacrossthespectrum.com and also you can email Andrew at A-R-B-O-E-A at planningacrossthespectrum.org or .com? Uh, .com. .com. All right. Andrew Arbo, Autism Transition Coordinator and also so much more at Planning Across the Spectrum. <laughs> and uh, really, really was a pleasure having you on the podcast today. Um, keep doing what you're doing and, and hopefully we'll get updates and, and see how things are progressing when the autism program starts up next year. Yeah, thank you very much. All right. This is One in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski. And remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to One in 54, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. Join us for another edition of the show at the same time next week. 